Hey, everybody. This is your host, Brian Scott of the Injured List Podcast. Thank you for joining me this Thursday evening live on Twitter Spaces for your weekly NFL injury updates. Make sure to tune in every Thursday on Twitter Spaces at 7.15. Check out the Twitter page at host Brian Scott. We'll be right back to get started. Since 1998, Stamps.com has been an indispensable tool for nearly 1 million businesses. Stamps.com brings the services of the U.S. Postal Service and UPS Shipping right to your computer. Whether you're in office sending invoices, a side hustle Hetsy shop, or a full-blown warehouse shipping out orders, Stamps.com will make your life easier. All you need is a computer and a standard printer. No special supplies or equipment. Within minutes, you're up and running, printing official postage for any letter, any package, anywhere you want to send and you'll get exclusive discounts on postage and shipping from USPS and UPS. Once your mail is ready, just schedule a pickup or drop it off. No traffic, no lines. Cut the confusion out of shipping. With Stamps.com's new Rate Advisor tool, you can compare shipping rates and timelines to easily find the best option. Save time and money with Stamps.com. There's no risk. And with my promo code, POD, P-O-D, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial, plus free postage, and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in POD, P-O-D. That's stamps.com, promo code POD. Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the host of the Injured List podcast, Brian Scott. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Injured List Podcast Twitter Spaces Room, first annual. Thank you for joining me. For those of you tuning in or maybe listening elsewhere on your radio waves, this is the NFL Week 9 Fantasy Football Injury Update live on Twitter Spaces. Thank you guys for joining me. Previously, I've been on Clubhouse, tried to switch it up this week, so... Hopefully you'll tune in and take a listen, but don't worry if you miss it live, I will be recording it and playing it back Friday morning. So if you miss anything, you'll still get all the information you need to make your roster changes for the weekend. Now, lots to talk about in the way of injuries this week when you look at NFL teams and rosters. There's been a a flood of injuries throughout the league. Um, The New York Giants have probably hit one of the hardest teams hit anyway. When it comes to injuries, they've got several offensive linemen and receivers who are out um, and have missed some time with action. Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard came back from an injury, then got re-injured this past weekend. Um, Kadarius Toney's also been injured uh, this past weekend, and there's been some doubt or questions about his ability to go this week after he suffered a thumb injury. There's been injuries to a lot of running backs, uh, Denver Henry being probably the most talked about one this past weekend as he has a potentially season-ending foot injury, and I'll get into that a little bit, and I'll answer your questions as to why I don't think this is a season-ending injury. A bunch of calf strains out there. Um, Kittles, George Kittles, the uh, tight end for the San Francisco 49ers, is coming off a calf strain. Dak Dak Prescott's going to miss his second week in a row with a calf strain, so not sure what's going on there, why we see a rash of that this year. It's kept guys out of action, though. 
tough injury to bounce back from. Takes a while to get better. Uh, small muscle, very dependent uh, to do that. A lot of moves with that plant push off. Uh, it, once it gets strained, it's very difficult to treat and um, takes a long time to heal. Russell Wilson dealing with his finger apparently had the pins pulled, which means they'll probably ramp up his therapy. We'll see about him getting back to action soon. They're saying possibly in another week or two. So who knows? Um, kind of up in the air about that. Um, Zach Wilson with a knee sprain. He looks like he's going to miss tonight's game due to a shortened week, and he missed last week. Jets actually played well. Mike White behind the center. Christian McCaffrey still out, recovering from this hamstring injury, taking forever. But like I always say, hamstrings take forever. Saquon Barkley still out from a, an, an ankle sprain, missed his second week, hopefully maybe coming back this week. And then I think the Giants have a bye after that, so we'll see if they get him in the lineup. Chris Carson's been dealing with a neck injury all season long and still not back to action as of yet. But let's talk about probably one of the biggest stories, and that's the Derrick Henry injury. Now, reports have stated that he has what's called a Jones fracture. This is a fracture in the foot, in your midfoot, in your fifth metatarsal. It's the bone that basically um, supports the outside part of your foot. It's the one that's attached to that little, little toe that went all the way home. Where his fracture is, if it's a true Jones fracture, it has a very specific location on the fifth metatarsal. And the reason it's called a Jones fracture is it's usually named after some surgeon. But there's a particular area in the bone where it's a watershed area, meaning that the blood supply to this area of the bone is very tedious at best in most or some people. And as a result, overall, there's a higher chance that if you left it alone and treated it with a boot or a shoe or a cast for six, eight weeks, there's a higher incidence that it will not heal on its own and will then require surgical fixation. Well, in athletes, what we tend to do if we see a fracture in this region of that bone is we tend to fix it much sooner than we would otherwise because we don't want to get down that road of it becoming a non-union or not healing. So rather than chance it, we play the percentage game and we fix it surgically right away. In doing so, you've essentially almost guaranteed that it's going to heal within that six to eight time frame, uh, week time frame and basically cut out any risk of non-union. And so in athletes, it's not uncommon for them to get diagnosed and then have it fixed right away. Now, the reason I don't think this is season ending is because assuming Derrick Henry is a healthy guy and heals quickly, which most of these guys do because they're so healthy, you can expect, expect that to heal within six to eight weeks. And the fact that at that point, I think it'll be safe for him to get out there in the field and get going again. And if he's pain-free and able to do some light jogging and running, he could be literally back to football within that eight-week mark. And originally they were saying possibly 10 weeks or a season ending, and I find it really hard to believe if it is a true Jones fracture. So we hear about other foot fractures and how they're season ending, and a lot of times what we're talking about is those Liz Frank injuries. Now, I have not seen a report that said Derrick Henry has a Liz Frank injury, and that is hopefully the case because that is a completely different animal that requires different types of treatment and much different as far as healing is concerned. So that potentially, if that was what he has and it's not a Jones fracture, then I could understand the season ending uh, uh, predictions. But from what I've read so far, and unless you guys have some new information out there and I'm willing to listen, um, that's what we're dealing with. And so I find it hard to believe that he's going to be 
um, gone for the rest of the year. He might actually be back just in time for the playoff run, which if uh, Tennessee can keep playing well and winning, um, they have a good chance of uh, potentially going very far uh, in the playoffs. So we'll have to look and see how that plays out. But Derrick Henry, probably the biggest news, but I mean, he's a fantasy, you know, stud, uh, stud running back. He's had some exceptional years of over 2,000 yard rushing and was hoping to build on that this year. Had some pretty big games earlier in the year prior to the injury. So I expect that we haven't seen the last of him this season yet, and that's hopefully the case, but we'll see. Now, if you follow my Twitter feed and you watch some of my posts, I'll often post during a Thursday night game because I'm usually watching live, and the um, Green Bay Packers uh, tight end went down with an injury a couple weeks ago during their Thursday night game, and I actually saw it happen, and unfortunately I called it right away. He had an ACL injury. It was kind of an awkward play. He kind of planted and then kind of fell to the ground awkwardly and grabbed at the knee right away. Just watching the replay in slow-mo and watching his reaction to the injury and seeing how the training staff ran out there so quickly and watching him limp off the field on his own, which I thought was a good sign at the time and turned out not to be because he ended up being diagnosed with a torn ACL out for the year. So now... Green Bay was dealing with that, and then all of a sudden Aaron Rodgers now apparently has COVID-19, so he's going to be missing this weekend's game, and he'll have to pass protocol in order to get back on the field. So um, not good news if you're a Green Bay Packer fan. Some of this stuff is probably avoidable. I mean, apparently Aaron Rodgers has been on some weird COVID-19 immunization thing where he didn't actually get vaccinated. Uh, I don't know if that's true. I've heard that from various sources, but we'll have to see what the NFL does in that regard. There might be some hefty fines coming Green Bay's way if they knew knowingly let him participate, practice, and be in the game situations without following the protocol. So interesting to see what the story is there. I'm sure there'll be more coming out on it over this next uh, weekend here. So thank you guys again for joining me here on the Injured List podcast live in Twitter spaces. So glad you could um, join us. And um, yeah, I'm waiting for people to come on. So if any of you guys have uh, any questions, if you want to jump on and ask about any particular players who are injured that you're following, maybe you have them on your fantasy roster, this would be the place to have that done. So um. Just waiting for more people to kind of jump into the room. When your business is starting its championship run, nothing matters more than finding and hiring the best team. With Indeed, you have the power to build a dynasty by hiring more MVPs faster. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through March 31st. If you're hiring, you need Indeed because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. And Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applicants that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. Go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. No matter how the last game went, anytime you take the field, you got a shot at greatness. 
Give your team the best shot at winning by recruiting more MVPs with Indeed. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Injured List Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Are you interested in being a guest on the show? Or do you know someone who would make a good guest? Want Brian Scott to be on your show? If so, share the podcast with your friends or drop us a line and we will get back to you right away. Email us at theinjuredlist411 at gmail.com or visit our website at www.theinjuredlist.com. I love that. That is the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify is a platform designed for anyone to sell anywhere, giving entrepreneurs like me the resources that were once reserved for big business. And it's customized to your needs. You get a great looking online store that really helps bring your ideas to life and tools to manage the day-to-day and drive sales. And I'm speaking about this from experience. I'm really passionate about bass fishing. And a little over five years ago, I started an e-commerce bass fishing brand with my best friend, Aaron, called Woo Tungsten. Actually, it's pronounced Woo Tungsten, W-O-O exclamation mark, because that's the sound you make when you catch a giant bass. And it was a no-brainer to do this on Shopify because they've made it so easy every step of the way, from creating product listings, to making discount codes, to managing shipments. In fact, if you want to see what an e-commerce store looks like on Shopify, go to wootungsten.com and you can see. And it's No wonder that every 28 seconds, a small business owner makes their first sale on Shopify. You can get started by building and customizing your online store with no coding or design experience. And you can gain knowledge and confidence with extensive resources to help you succeed. Plus, with 24-7 support, you're never alone. It's more than a store. Shopify grows with you. This is possibility powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash bluewire, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial, and you'll get access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Start selling on Shopify today, just like me, just like Wu Tungsten, by going to shopify.com slash bluewire right now. That's shopify.com slash bluewire. I do think um, Saquon Barkley's missed a couple of weeks with a low ankle sprain. Sounds like he struggled this past weekend with a little bit of swelling still and wasn't quite feeling up to par as far as his strength and stuff goes. And that's quite common, even with a, a, a low, uh, moderate ankle sprain. You'll still have some weakness that'll set in initially. And if you remember seeing that game when he got hurt after stepping on the opponent's uh, foot, not even blocking or anything, just kind of running around the field, uh, you know, it swelled up right away. You can actually see it on the sideline on the TV cameras when they zoomed in. It's pretty significant. It takes a while for that swelling to go down in the ankle. The ankle is notorious for having swelling, that soft tissue swelling that will linger for quite a while uh, after a sprain. And so it's not surprising to see that happen. Uh, you know, and the, 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 until you can get all that swelling down, a lot of times it's really hard to kind of build the strength back up because the swelling will cause stiffness, which will in turn cause some pain. And then you develop this cycle of swelling, stiffness, and pain. And it's tough to sometimes work through that. 
you'll require extensive periods of rest, anti-inflammatories and therapy to kind of get rid of that swelling, help get the stiffness out and then gradually build the strength back up in the ankle. So rather than risk it, unfortunately, it seems like he's struggling with this and it's taking him a little bit longer to get back than maybe they had anticipated originally. But from a, from a sports medicine perspective, it's not unusual. You know, it, it can take several weeks sometimes, even with a low, mild to moderate ankle sprain. Um, sometimes the high ankle sprains for sure take longer, but these can sometimes linger too. Now, I see athletes on the regular with these types of injuries, and as long as there's no structural damage or um, instability that results from it, then you can usually rehab them and get them back on the field within six to eight weeks. Now, I'm not saying Saquon's going to take that long to get back, but we're kind of going into week three here, and they have a bye week the following week. So will they risk it, get him out there for one game before the bye? I don't know. It might be good just to give him a couple reps and test, have him test it out, and then he'll have like a good two weeks to kind of rest before that following game, or just rest him altogether and kind of shoot for that, that week coming back from the bye to get him out there full go, no problems. You know, still a lot of season left. I mean, we're, we're kind of getting near the, the, the midway point here. Well, we are at the midway point, but you can still make a good run in, in a lot of these conferences and still kind of put yourself in a position to be successful and go into the playoffs um, healthy. So we'll see how the Giants are going to play that. Now, they've got a ton of other injuries on the, on, on, on the docket right now, unfortunately. So there are a couple of linemen that have been out from majority of the season. They lost a couple of receivers. Kenny Galladay has been out dealing with some other injury. I don't know. The guy hasn't been healthy all year. He was dealing with a hamstring injury earlier in the year, then apparently he had some type of knee injury more recently. Sterling Shepard was dealing with a hamstring injury, then came back and was dealing now with a new injury that occurred this past weekend where he injured his quad. And what exactly he did, not quite sure. Sounds like he might have had a quad strain, which is basically the muscle opposite your hamstring. So I don't know, man. He's been injured a lot throughout his career. He's not really put together too many full seasons that I'm aware of. And I don't know the stats on that, but it seems like he's always hurt. And that's unfortunate because when he's in there, he's actually a very solid player and can make a big impact on the team. So unfortunate for the Giants. Um, another injury that uh, a lot of people were asking me about was the Russell Wilson injury. And apparently uh, the Seattle Seahawks initially were very optimistic that he could come back very quickly from this. And I was not so optimistic but I just heard that he had the pin that was placed in his finger to kind of hold it steady and allow it to heal was removed this past week. And so that's promising because that means that there enough time has gone by and they're happy with the stability of the finger that now they can start getting him doing a lot more with range of motion, gripping and strengthening exercises to kind of build back to gripping and throwing that football. So I still think that the timetable they've put out originally was a little bit optimistic, but I did not say it was unrealistic. So I'm sure he's got some of the best therapists in the game right now working on him. And hand therapy is, uh, especially when it comes to fingers, is a, a very, um, you have to really be on top of it because once uh, you start developing swelling and stiffness in the fingers, that can be sometimes very, very difficult to work out. And being a professional athlete, he's got the luxury of having these resources available to him at all times throughout the day. So he will definitely be uh, in the training room doing a lot, trying to get that finger back in order so he can grip that ball and sling it down the field, get back out there, and they're going to need him real bad. So 
Like they're still without Chris Carson too, who's been dealing with some type of neck problem throughout the season here, and I haven't really heard much on what exactly the problem was, but it must have been pretty serious because the last report I read this week was that he's got a battery of tests still that he needs to undergo before they'll actually clear him for full contact. So what that means is they probably want him to be able to do some type of physical testing and uh, contact drills or something where he'll have to kind of test it out and then see whether or not he's symptomatic. And they may it may even involve some repeat imaging studies like MRIs or EMGs to make sure that there's no risk of any severe or long-term damage to any of the discs or nerves that are in his neck because uh, that can be really difficult to treat. And many uh, an NFL career has um, been ended because of really bad neck problems and neck um, issues. And if this is something that looks like it might linger the rest of the year and hold him out, surgery could be a real viable option for him. And it could be something that's a discussion that he's been having you know, throughout this time as he's tried to recover. So it's I'm curious to see what this leads to and whether or not and when he steps back on the field if he's going to be as effective as he was, if he's going to be possibly dodging hits or changing his ability to kind of break tackles, if it, is it going to affect his game on the field? Because last thing you want to do is re-injure a, a neck injury that you treated conservatively for months and then find yourself uh, on the operating room table and your season over. So I'm sure that they've treaded very carefully with that. You don't want to mess with someone's cervical spine but I'm sure they've also been keeping very close tabs on it and doing right by him, which is why he hasn't been in there yet. So not sure about too many details on that. There's a lot of a lot of things that could potentially be. I'm sure it has something to do with the discs or the nerves in his neck. Um, otherwise, they probably wouldn't be. Um, he would have been back probably already. And I, I don't think it was a traumatic injury where he had a fracture or anything like that that required surgery. And perhaps I'm wrong, but uh, I don't recall seeing that he had any type of surgery or any treatment done like that because of an injury. So my guess is that he started developing some type of symptoms after an injury, and they just were very concerned and didn't want to risk further injury by putting him back out there. So, yeah, you know, uh, Seahawks are pretty banged up when you have two star players like that out. Um, uh, It can take a toll, and it's in the middle of the season, so you hope that they can use the bye week that they have to their advantage and get these guys back out there. Apparently, um, Antonio Brown's been out for a couple games now, too, and I didn't even really notice, but sounds like he injured his ankle, and it didn't sound like it was terribly bad, so I don't think he's going to be down too long. He might have even been doing stuff in practice earlier this week with potentially being slated to play this week, but we'll see. I don't think he's going to rush back, being he's a little bit older now and kind of into his career, and the Bucks are playing great, and you know they're not really missing him so much right now. They'd probably rather have him back uh, close to 100% before throwing him out there, um, you know, with, and, and as we know, uh, you know, Tom Brady can make do with everybody he's got out there. Um, and that was, that's what makes him so special. So no, I don't think they'll be rushing him back. Sounds like he's got just a sprain and should be coming back soon from that. Nothing really major as far as I, I've known. Now, Jets game tonight versus Indianapolis. No major injuries with Indy that I'm aware of. I haven't been asked a lot of questions about any of the Indy players. Jets, obviously, with uh, Zach Wilson being out, and you got Mike White taking the snaps again tonight. Um, sounds like uh, Zach has some type of knee sprain. I'm not sure exactly what the diagnosis was. I can take a look here. Let's look it up. Why don't we? Uh, Zach Wilson injury. 
Um, the injury timeline. Let's see what the sporting news has to say. Uh, won't be on the sideline for Thursday's night matchup with the Colts. But it also won't be long till we see him again. Apparently, he um, was injured in week seven against the Patriots uh, after getting hit a couple times. Um, and then Mike White backed him up. Uh, they said it's about a two to four week recovery, which tells me it's probably nothing serious. I think they're just, you know, treating him cautiously because uh, he's their star player. He's a rookie, you know. We've got a little injury highlight playing here. Let's see what happened exactly. I just want to watch that again. He was dropped back to pass. Hmm. Hard to really say. One of his teammates kind of blocked the camera view as he went down. Try that again. Looks like he, he was getting ready to throw. He planted through, and then he got landed on field. Well, he might have just jammed his knee into the ground because I didn't see any awkward bending or anything to the knee. He didn't, like, get rolled up on. Hard to say at that camera angle. I'm not really sure. Okay, here we go. He was diagnosed with a low-grade PCL sprain. And that's, you know, sounds about right. A little knee sprain. And PCL, everybody freaks out because they're like, well, that's the ACL, but it's the PCL. Well, it has similar functions, but not nearly as important to overall knee stability as the ACL. In fact, a lot of guys... Uh, play with a torn PCL and don't ever have it surgically repaired. Some guys sprain it, don't need anything more done. Um, but it, it's one of those things that doesn't necessarily have to heal 100% for you to be able to get back out there and start playing again. It doesn't usually cause chronic long-term knee instability. So that's why we don't usually fix it if it's an isolated PCL. And actually, now that I look back at that replay after reading that that's what the injury was, it makes sense. He probably just jammed his knee into the ground. That's usually how you hurt your PCL. Um, usually it's with direct contact to the front of your tibia or the front of your knee, forcing the tibia to go backwards. And that's what causes the PCL. It's not like an ACL injury, which is different. Um, and it's usually not nearly as painful and doesn't usually produce nearly as much swelling in the knee. So often it can be misdiagnosed too for sometimes a different type of injury. Sometimes it can actually even be misdiagnosed as an ACL injury, but usually the symptoms are much more milder, and so it doesn't usually fit with the clinical picture, the physical exam. So you have to be really careful when you're examining for this particular injury because it can often be misinterpreted. And it takes a lot of experience to be able to recognize that, and sometimes it can be uh, overlooked and sometimes often misdiagnosed. But usually MRI will confirm for you that that is the case. And like I said, it almost, it rarely needs surgery when it's an isolated PCL sprain. And sprain can mean any degree of tearing, but usually it means it's more toward the milder side where it's not a, comp a complete tear or a rupture of the ligament. It's usually just a partial tear or maybe even just some inflammation within the ligament to suggest some microscopic tearing. So I don't think this is going to cause any long-term issues with Zach Wilson. I think we'll see him back out there during that two to four week time frame that they originally predicted it really just is going to depend on how comfortable he feels and how quickly he's able to kind of progress through the rehab and get back out onto the field doing football specific activities i'm sure he'll be wearing some type of brace initially when he gets back out there or during practice but i don't think this is going to be a major long-term issue or affect his career leading forward um sounds like they're trying to get him uh back into the game in week 10 i mean they had a short week this week so i'm not surprised he's not playing but next week if he's feeling better uh, I, that doesn't surprise me. I, I, 
we'll have to see what happens leading up to practice next week with the Jets. So um, kickoff for the Thursday night game usually happens about 8.20. I usually hang out here and we'll keep the room open leading up to the kickoff. But if I don't get enough people in, then sometimes I'll just pop out and we'll shut her down. But like I said, this will be a podcast that will be coming out tomorrow, Friday morning. And you'll be able to rerun this and take a listen to my interpretation, my viewpoints on these injured athletes that we discussed. And, you know, I'm sure there's many more, but I rely on you guys to come to me asking the questions, wanting the info. So look for me again. I'm always on here on Thursdays at 7.15 p.m. I'm going to be trying to do it on Twitter spaces and getting more followers. So I encourage you to share it, get it out there, let everybody know. And hopefully I'll see you next week and we'll go from there. So I want to just sign off right now and say thank you, everybody. I want to give a special thank you to the Blue Wire podcast community and the Blue Wire Hustle program. I've done some collaborations with some of the other podcasters in that group and it's been awesome. And hopefully um, I'll be able to reciprocate here very shortly. I did an episode a couple weeks ago with All Eyes on Cleveland to discuss Baker Mayfield's injury. And um, so take a listen to that episode if you haven't already. Check out all the other Great Blue Wire podcast, community sports podcasts that are out there. There's a ton of them, and they're awesome. All, and I mean awesome. And not just the ones you see, the big ones, but also in the Hustle program. There's a lot of really good people doing what they do, and I encourage you to take a listen to them. So you can find those on their website. And I want to give a thanks to um, all my guests, past and present, who've been on the show and helped me produce episodes and given me some great content to share with everybody. So thank you to all of you out there. Um, Thanks for helping me, and I hope I've helped you in some way as well. So everybody, enjoy the Thursday night game, Jets versus the Colts, and we'll see you next week.